This is a HeadGum Podcast. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Call the cops. This level of foolishness hey. and joy. Losers, in other words. Hey. Now watch this drive. Great ass! Hey. Damn it. I don't like that. Hey. Sicario. Bruce hey. fucking Springsteen. Damn it. Hey. Yeah, people hey. are going to die. I want yeah, baby. <laughs> oh, hey, y'all. It's me, Amy Grant. Well, rest in peace, Caroline. You had a good run. <laughs> Welcome to Good Christian Fun. I'm Kevin, and I'm here to have good Christian fun. That—that's what I'm here to do. I don't know about anyone else. Sometimes there's there's usually maybe another person here, and she's also here to have good Christian fun. But today it's just me uh, hosting the show. So in the in the style of a Mark Maron esque monologue at the top of his shows for the first ten minutes. To be clear, the part everyone loves the most and everyone cares about the most, where he's just like, I had to take my cat to get a heart surgery. It, it was terrible. That's what this whole first part is going to be. Because unfortunately, for reasons beyond my control and reasons beyond her control, uh, Caroline could not make it today, which, as you could hear in the intro, once Amy Grant found out, she did jump to conclusions, and she was like, oh, I'll send in a memorial voice memo. So that's who you heard at the top. She said, hey, y'all, it's me, Amy Grant. Rest in peace, Caroline. <laughs> you had a good run. But she's alive, and she will be back next week, resurrected after seven days, um, you know, which is not as efficient or speedy as Christ, and you would want a little bit more on the ball with that, but that's okay. So we're thinking of Caroline, thoughts and prayers to her, much prayers, and she will stay prayed up. Which, by the way, I don't know if you're, and I'm going to introduce my guest in a second, but I don't know if you're watching Mark Wahlberg's Stay Prayed Up videos, but he started with quite a spirit that is now in significant decline. The enthusiasm, the setup, the the guest stars that he's getting involved in in his Prayed Up videos, which are like the hallow sponsored posts that he's doing, they're going downhill. Uh, and it, it feels like his heart's not in it anymore. So I wonder if we could give him a little GCF bump, get, get there in the comments and say, should I stay prayed up? Like, and really reach out to him and the brand Hallow, the, uh, the Catholic prayer app. Good Christian Fun is the podcast where we talk about Christian pop culture, the music and the movies and the entertainment made for and made by Christians. But we're not here to make fun of you. And we're not here to make you go to church. We're just here to have fun. We're just here to talk about perhaps Canadian, Christian, punk, pop, rock, whatever you want to call it from 20 years ago. And in honor of their debut album from 2003, when some of you were alive, and maybe some of you weren't, I don't know. I really do wonder how many Gen Z listeners we have. But we're talking about the band FM Static and their debut album. (laughs) What are you waiting for? And we can't, I can't do this alone, even though I've been doing this alone. And there is a certain power in that, talking to yourself, right? Something we've all gone through. But the thing is, we don't usually do it with an audience of anybody 
besides our pets. And even then, they're like, oh, okay, I'm sick of this shit. Uh, if, if you're anything like my pet. So I can't do this alone. I really need to introduce my special guest right now. And I believe she can hear that intro audio. Friends and folks, she is a podcaster. She is a writer herself. You may know her from her own show, Untitled Dad Project. Give it the hell up for John Yell Kastner! <laughs> Yay! Yes. Oh, here we are. Let's this go. This is my. This is my third time. That's your. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's your Trinitarian appearance. And it, yeah, and it never doesn't feel great. Good. to be introduced that way. Listen, 291 episodes in. I'm well, glad that we found a song that we could use for all of them. My heart is racing. Like it increased <laughs> my adrenaline. I feel. Who is that again? Oh. I think we all know who that is. That is the queen of Christian pop herself, Amy motherfucking Grant. That is oh, her. Oh, right, right, right. Okay, right. That's her singing Ugh. Praise the Lord, a song by Rich Mullins that he wrote yeah. that she did a cover yes. of. Yeah. Yes. I feel like I just like lost all my like Christian kid cred right there, but I'll earn it back. I was just busy listening to the angstier. That's like music. you saying, who's Clearly. that guy that died on the cross for our sins? Who's that like, one? Jesus Christ is his <laughs> who's name. Who's the You're one like, that's oh. the dove? I actually do remember like a couple years ago with my mom, I was with like a whole other group of hers that are all like incredibly devout and we were doing um, like the face up game. Oh yeah, Whatever. heads up, sure. Heads up, yeah, yeah, yeah. You have the was, identity like, the... of a person, it's on your forehead, yeah. everyone can see it but you. And you yeah, and it was like the Christian one. I was like, oh, Jehoshaphat, like, oh, blah, blah. it was like the Bible one. And my mom was like shocked that I still remembered all of this. And I was like, you don't think that it's stuck? Like, just because I'm now this, like, deconstructed whatever, like, it's still in there. You know, I I am a little surprised it's stuck. I, I might mm. be more on your mom's side just because there are certain things. There's turns of phrases and certainly mm. scripture, chapter and verse that's stuck in there for me. But in terms of, like, the specifics of, yeah, Jehoshaphat, who was the general at Jericho? What were they get, getting into in Judges, yeah. et cetera? The names, the the the, the proper names and noun stuff, I, w- I would struggle with a little bit more, maybe, than someone with a mind like yourself. I think it's because they were, like, they were characters. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember the character. Like, this was my first, like, that was my Lord of the Rings, was, like, the actual sure. Bible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a lot of people's first Lord of the Rings, actually. Yeah, I would flip to all the chapters that had, like, a woman's name in the title, like, Ruth or Esther, just to be like, what's going on with the ladies? Uh-huh. Like, that was just my version of that. But I'm very happy to be here with you, Kevin. I'm just ha- the two of us. Just the two of us. You know, and people have been, we, we get feedback on the podcast all the time. And one of the big pieces that, you know, we've been listening to recently is like how to make the podcast better. Like, you know, six years in, you still want to grow. You still want to learn, evolve and change. And I think for us, the two biggest pieces of feedback we've gotten consistently is drop Caroline and do episodes over Zoom. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. Listen to your people. That's where the juice is. Is you're nothing is if not a feedback king. Here, here's yeah. what I'll say for real, for real though. Um, is I think Zoom is not bad if it's one on one. Oh yeah. Here, here's where it's a struggle. I think, or or even if everyone's divided into to their own place. I I did a podcast recently, a couple weeks ago, where all the participants were on Zoom, and it mm-hmm. was pretty fun. I had a I had a great time. Mm. It was like a two hour podcast. Um, 
And I'll shout them out, a podcast called I've Been Mean to Listen to That, in which I did talk about a Bruce Springsteen album that meant a lot to me. No surprise, no surprise. And I did threaten the hosts uh, that I would never come on the show again if they didn't see him tomorrow at Wrigley Field because they were... They were recording there outside of Chicago or in Chicago, and they did. And bullying oh, works. And they they saw Springsteen before I did this year, uh, which bums me out. But uh, I think it's tough sometimes with the setup because I want to be in the room Carol- with Caroline always. When we have Zoom guests, it's hard because yeah, it can feel like a little oh we have this camaraderie in here, and then you're just like yeah. beaming in. And this happened. I did a couple episodes. I remember last summer I did an episode in Portland with Arlo Warehouse, our friend up there. And they were in the room with me. And then Caroline was on Zoom. And I was like, oh, is this how it feels like? You know, yeah. like, on, on the on the opposite end of it. Although I, I continue to have a great time. So one-on-one, I think uh, uh, each of us in our discreet <laughs> locations and locales, that works. I mean, has this been your experience doing Zoom stuff, podcast stuff, room versus yeah. Zoom? Where do you land? Yeah, f- for the most part, I, I land like it's fine. I just sort of um, like I used to think of myself as someone like charming and like socially capable. But in the pa- like during the pandemic, like everything moved to Zoom and my ability to like anticipate the ends of other people's sentences is apparently like really poor. Mm-hmm. So I'm like constantly interrupting people, constantly feeling like I'm missing social cues. And then I was like very saturated on TikTok. So for a while I was like. I'm probably one of these women that I'm seeing on TikTok that like is undiagnosed on the spectrum. Mm-hmm. And that will explain like, and I moved cities and I'm like trying to make friends in a new city, which is like so vulnerable. You're like out here dating for friendship, which is so much oh, yeah. harder than if you actually have the promise of um, <laughs> romance on the end. Oh, yeah. uh, and I was like convinced. I was like, this is an explanation for like why I'm so like socially not feeling like I connect. And I took the test and it was like, if you're like 120 points or over, it's really unlikely that you don't have something on the spectrum, blah, blah, blah. And I took it and I got like a 16. A 16? <laughs> okay, you yeah, guessed it way like, below what you thought you were not even, And so I was like, oh, no. So this is just like how it feels to be me doing my best with like all the tools available to me yeah, you- in this era. Yeah, so I just feel like I feel less socially capable on Zoom, but I don't feel that way with you. I think that's nice. I, I think the... Um- because we've been able to, I, I've told people this before. I see you, because Janielle, you live in New York, but I've seen you more in the last two years than friends of mine <laughs> that live in Los Angeles County, but on the West Side or in Marina Del Rey or Playa Vista or Santa Monica. I, I see you more. I've seen you like five times this year, five or six times I'm this so year. Honored. It feels like that. Isn't that nice? I can tell that our like intimacy level has increased because like the first time I did GCF is when I met you. And I remember like, I had like a full face of makeup. I like picked out an outfit that was like, I will look elegant, but like not trying too hard. And then like drove up to Caroline's apartment and was like nervous and excited. And now I'm um, on like day eight of a sinus infection and I'm wearing my worst yoga pants. And that's intimacy. That's and how that's you build love. it. Yeah. Uh, let, let me ask you about the, to get back to the friendship piece of it, is what do you feel like is maybe a skill set that was inculcated in you during church time that you're now mm. using to your advantage when it comes to looking for platonic love in all the wrong places in Brooklyn? I think what's hard is that I feel like I'm like unlearning all of that. And that's the problem. Like my sparkliest self was my church self because like all that mattered Sparkliest. was like how 
yeah, how other people felt about mm. me, like making sure that they liked me, making sure I was like reaching them, making sure I was connecting to them. That was like, I had like a whole performance trauma thing, right? Like mm -hmm. I was like performing for like love and to prove that I belonged and that like, you should think I'm a good girl, despite the fact that like, I don't have a dad and I'm the daughter of a single mom who had me at a wedlock, like all that stuff, like yada, yada, yada. And then in the process of like unlearning all of that, I've like grown to realize like, oh, like the Dolly Parton quote, I might not be everyone's cup of tea, but I'm some people's shot of whiskey. Ooh! Like, Say that. If I'm authentically myself, like some people will like love me all the way. And like the Tumblr quote, I'd rather be like, um, love for who I am. I know, hated for who I am than love for who I am not. Like all that stuff, like therapy, therapy, therapy has left me this person who's like capable of being like much more authentic and capable of asking myself, like, do I like the person I'm talking to? Um, which is like wonderful. But then like I kind of miss being sparkly. It's like actually easier to make like really shallow acquaintance when you're like um like a little bit disassociated and like tap dancing <laughs> and like you yeah. know what I mean? It's like yeah. easier to like I don't know, like m start from scratch uh from there than like what I am now, which is this like big open, more vulnerable, more honest, more authentic creature um that I just feel a little more um I don't know, a little less likable, but that's okay because I think I'm far more lovable. Like I am far, I had to wow. actively learn how to receive love. That was like the work of my 20s was to like let people actually love me. Sure. Um, as opposed to like make sure they all like me. Oh, I guess one thing that I had was like the like lovely part of being like a youth group leader from like when I was like 13 onwards um, is like scanning the room and being able to like notice immediately like who's not included, like who's being left out. Mm -hmm. um, which I think was a lovely gift, like being able to kind of spot the um, spot the person who's not the engaging losers. or being engaged with. Yeah, the <laughs> spot the spot the people you're going to minister to. <laughs> yeah. um, except for now, I just want to be my friend and see like you're alone too. Maybe we could like be alone together. Mm -hmm. um, so as opposed to like condescending to the person alone, now I'm like, oh, I'm a, I'm the person. You know what it is, Kevin? I'm the person alone. Now it's you. you. Oh my god. <laughs> oh. Do you think that's true? I don't know. I no. I might start crying. That's <laughs> exactly what it feels like. <laughs> to like move to a new city and like I have I have a couple. I have some yeah. very very deep friends here. Yeah. But um, I'm trying to make more like industry friends. I'm trying to create a new artistic community. I'm trying to find artists. And to not have like a shared context already like i don't go to like i don't go to school with anybody here i don't like work with anybody here i'm not like family friend you know like all the things that would bring you to a youth group i'm just like showing sure. up on a wednesday night and like trying my best oh my god no but you know this is real i let me uh that's exactly what it feels like <laughs> there's this tiktok that i was watching the other day that talked about the difference between Adult friendships and friendships uh, at that point of our life that, that you're talking about when you felt the most sparkly. And and one of the big parts of it was in in the sense of the difference is when you meet up with your adult friends, you're reporting about your life. And then mm. when you're together in those shared contexts when you're younger, you're living your lives together. And maybe you're debriefing mm. afterwards of that was weird, right? Or that was really fun. Yeah. But that's... Uh, a wild difference like you for example you and i don't live our lives together we kind of show yeah. up and report for three yeah. hours at a time and then yeah. then go separately so even even that just fact of the matter difference that's completely irreligious and has mm. nothing to do with like 
youth group stuff or 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 anything of that nature. That's just a fact of of adult friendship that I feel like is kind of unavoidable, right? Unless you literally yeah. do like the classes and 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 you say you're like trying to create a, an artistic community out there. Unless mm-hmm. you do that successfully on a regular basis, it always kind of stays in in that zone of, well, here's what happened to me this week, or mm-hmm. like even the stuff I was mm-hmm. saying off mic. I was like, I got a lot to tell you, but you know, mm-hmm. that still you weren't there for it. I, I'm yeah. still I'm still relaying it to you to a degree. So that's always going to be a little intimacy gap, I think. Yeah. There's something nice about that, though, for you, because I exist outside of like your regular friend group. Oh, yeah. And so I all these people are like characters for me. Mm-hmm. So like I just get left on like the like season finale of like oh, yeah. one of your relationships. <laughs> then I get to find out like next time, you know, we through, may like, be getting some new writers soon. We may reboot really? with half the cast yeah. soon. I don't oh, know. Incredible. We, we got to find out. Uh, yes. But that that is a different. But your memory is also very good. So I never feel like you're catching up or saying, which one is that guy again? The one with the hair? Like, you always know. Mm. You know, you see, you follow from afar. Yeah, but shockingly, like, I don't remember other things. Like, the space that should be, like, um, the names of most celebrities. Mm -hmm. Like Jehoshaphat? Oh, yeah, is taken up by Jehoshaphat and, like, that one girl that was, like, a little mean to Kevin three years ago, you know? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Like, that's... (laughs) That's what I'm storing in there, but I actually like it'd be more useful to remember like the name of any film ever. Oh, um, I I think it's so much nicer to remember the names of people who had minor infractions <laughs> in your friend's life than who, I guess so. Jake Gyllenhaal was in Wildlife, directed uh, by Paul Dana. Who cares? That's uh, for the letterbox bros. You don't need to be that person. You can be the yeah. person that remembers, and that's your gift. Yeah, There's... perhaps less useful on pop culture podcasts, though, but I'll do my best. Oh, maybe. Have you watched The Bear Season 2 at all? I haven't. I have been... Something's wrong with me. Uh-oh. Which I guess is like the theme so far of this um, episode. Uh, <laughs> I am so afraid to start anything that has the capacity to um, actually hurt its characters. I'm really afraid to start anything right now that I, I don't have like parameters around like the depth of emotional um, impact um, could happen to somebody. And the bear, it seems like people actually have real, real, incredibly intimate things that matter to them that might not happen to them and they might be crushed. Mm-hmm. Feels like the vibe I'm getting. And so I'm like so scared to start it because I just don't know that I'm ready to like make those things happen to them. You So anything with, um, how do you say, dramatic stakes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Anything that actually Well, okay, no, but like if I know the parameters, like if you start like any procedural, like you know mm-hmm. the parameters of what's going to happen. Like you know who's like someone could get murdered, is gun- is going to get murdered, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Like if I know if I know the circle around them. Like if I already knew kind of what could happen to all the characters in the bear, I think I could start it. It's just um actually getting to experience it. Um I don't know. It feels very risky to me right now. I, I would like to, though. I, I think that's like a Tell relatable. Season two. There, there's a relatable feeling to that. That's how a lot of people felt watching Friday Night Lights, where it's like, if anything mm. happens to Saracen, I yeah. will be so upset. I'm so invested yeah. in this. Make you feel a, a, a protective energy about it. Oh, I was. If you had seen it, I was going to do ten minutes about like how season two <laughs> is about love is remembering things about each other, Aww. remembering things as care remembering yeah. things like details but then also big picture uh but i will revisit that essay point at, at a okay, later date thank you no i'll but- start it i would like to there's something about an omelet with um 
potato chips that I yeah, saw baby. on TikTok. Oh, and I yeah, was like, baby. oh, this feels gentle. No, the- I'd like to live in a world where they make omelets for each other. Season two is is all the flavors of gentleness and also the okay. kind of um, aggressive stress of season one as well. <laughs> it's it's both at the same time. But there there's some episodes where it's like, hey, we're just making pastries and vibing here. Or, oh, I would love that. Or interrogating okay, the creative it. process. You can absolutely do it. It's it's precious it. with its characters the way that that you would want it to be. But making right. friends, I feel you you <laughs> did have to cancel on us last week. Uh to, and then we rescheduled today, which is so nice, but you're still recovering and I feel <laughs> I feel so, so bad. I feel so bad that I'm making No, you do- you're fine. <laughs> I just need to blow my nose. What's the best way to do that? Just like I'll do oh, it. Yeah, I'll I'll edit it out. You good? Oh God! <laughs> it's all over the screen. Oh no! Oh, I didn't know oh, that was possible. No. New okay, Zoom feature. No, you're all good. You're all good. Yeah, I mean, listen. When when was the last time we checked in? We talked about redeeming love. We talked about redeeming oh, yeah. love at the beginning of last year. So that was a year and a half ago. Yeah, that was like um, I thought this was like a charming thing from my childhood, but turns out it's really traumatic. So I I can't wait to find out what ways in which FM static is actually um. <laughs> I don't know if we're gonna be able to. <laughs> I don't think so. I lo- I. It was such a like important, lovely album. It was 2003. I was 13. Mm-hmm. Like this was my like straightening my hair, like burn CD that I had in my big round silver boombox CD player. Mm-hmm. It was um, a round boombox. You're you're talking about the one where it's like a CD, like on top. Yeah, CD at the top, and it's like a roundish kind of boombox stereo system, and mm-hmm. then I would. I would put this in and I would get ready and I would straighten my hair to go to like home uh, group or like meet up with Courtney or whatever. And this was my, I don't know. It's really special to me. What is the design appeal of everything from the late nineties and early two thousands where it's just like, <laughs> what if there was a bubble coming out of it? And you think about those IMAX with the like, with the yeah. absolute dump truck, neon, yeah. <laughs> yeah. orange. And then the boom box is the same where it was so like, what if it looked like it was really full and it just eaten a big mm. meal and that's what looked good as tech yeah. aesthetic at that time. Uh, our stuff was swollen and our women were anorexic. Hey, it's like things are round and big and people are very angular. And I'm now, talking. you know, culture, you know, time is a flat Swings circle. Back around. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, before before I talk, we talked about the album, I wanted to talk about something else. There was something I was thinking about in terms of like friend making and your journey in Brooklyn. I will say I went to a church last time I was in New York. I didn't talk about it on this show. Because oh. I was I was very late for that church. It was a church up in Manhattan whose name I'm forgetting, so I can't dox it at all. Thankfully, mm. uh, but uh, the it was it was in the round in this old little uh, um, chapel on some sort of like Christian college campus. Very beautiful, very beautiful architecture. Usually meets in like the big old chapel. Uh, but it was the summer, so they had to do it in the air-conditioned one because the AC didn't work so well in the big chapel. The music was really lovely. Oh, and Shauna Nequist spoke. That's the name of the woman. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wait, that's scratching a itch from my teen knowledge. What is her... What's her whole deal? Yeah. Well... I'll tell you right now. <laughs> <laughs> Just off the top of your head? Yeah, Was you she know. A musician? She no, she no no no. She's an author. She wrote uh, author. books called Bread and Wine, 
Present over perfect. Cold tangerines, bittersweet. Oh, cold tangerines. Okay, that's where it, that that's where it came across my like women in church radar. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe I should try. I, I I can I can do it. I can do it, Kevin. You can do what? Have, Make some cold tangerines. Do you go want to? to? Do you care? It's okay um, if you don't. No, I I actually really do, which mm-hmm. is an interesting place to be in. I'm working on this new project about evangelicalism and um the reason is cuz I realized like the tagline is I want to believe. When I look around, I don't really want to belong, but ultimately like I really do want to understand. Um You don't want to belong so, in what sense? Like when I look around at other Christians, yep. I'm like, oh, I don't know if I want to belong to you. Like I don't I don't know if I can trust. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Like I don't know if I can trust saying that I belong to you. Like, I don't know at what point the shoe is going to drop when like in this institution or group or whatever, um, the bad thing will happen. And I'll be like, ah, now I can't, whatever, which is not uh, a special feeling. I think like almost everyone um, that I know feels that way Mm -hmm. um, to some degree. But, uh, but I do feel this like desire to, um, uh, I don't know, have something bigger than myself that I like am a part of. I used to feel so, um, it was so clear to me where how to fill needs. It was like you were in a community and you were like, oh, the the McCormick's dad lost their job. And so like, that's where the need is. It's like, we're all going to put our money towards there, like help them. Like I knew how to be a person that was like useful to make the world more beautiful, um, sometimes at expense to myself, but at an expense that ultimately felt great because like being of use to people creates pleasure. Um, that's how we were made. Um, like every self-help book, like the Every single thing goes down to like, well. That's how we were made. People. Do you think that's true of most people? That like filling need creates pleasure. Maybe even not filling need, like unhealthy enneagram to whatever, mm. but just like being a part of something bigger than yourself, like working towards something bigger than yourself that comes at some sort of sacrifice. And so I, I just feel surrounded by unsurmountable pain all around me, and I don't feel um, like I have a way to, to, to help to participate. I haven't found like I was looking for like various nonprofits to help work with, but there's this, like, the same institutional whatever. Like, when am I going to find out what's wrong yeah. with you all or like what your founder Ooh. did, et cetera? But, I know charitynavigator.org can only go so far, but it yeah, is like yeah. it's very heartbreaking those stories. Yeah, so I, I I I do miss feeling like I'm a part of a community and knowing specifically like my friends who are part of a, a church uh, around here. Like when like a bunch of refugees were dropped off um, and like up in where was it? Hamptons somewhere like absurd in Mm -hmm. New York they were like part of a church infrastructure network that was able to like actually bring them into their home and like make sure they had a safe place to be and like get settled and all of that and I was like oh that like infrastructure is so important and like I would like to feel part of a community that can do that but then I have to just get over all the other um things I have to start the season of the bear because I know it will be good for me (laughs) um I have to like more importantly uh, you need to start this season of a new television show then I mean you're right in that it does feel a little chaotic to build the roadmap yourself in terms of creating community and infrastructure and sometimes I feel like this sometimes I feel like it's most functional when I'm stealing out of their playbook, out of some mm. evangel not the bad stuff, but the, the yeah. evangelical playbook of we're going to have this kind of rhythm and people are going to feel like this and there will be a greeter and there's going to be food in this mm. way, which I guess you could say like the evangelical playbook is stealing from other human, people. Yeah, it's basic like human hospitality and whatnot. Ancient human hospitality and yeah. purpose making. But and- I'm thinking, of course, of my own anecdotal experience and, and, yeah. and what was helpful for me when I was the the little loser at youth group, the Angela Marvin, the the track mm. star. 
came over and and talked to oh, you know back in the day bless her you remember that stuff you know like you, you do. do that's those are i, I mean i was angela marvin though and so like i had a lot more like confidence and comfort in those environments but now i'm little kevin. you're Ke you're little kevin i'm little kevin yeah no, I am. I think what's like weird too is I'm realizing like where I feel more most comfortable in spirituality is like at the very um, edge of center, like at the very edge of belonging, like kind of pushing the boundaries of like who gets to be included and what do we actually believe. Like I feel very com. I I, I work very well. I'm um, like pushing the boundary of the thing. Mm -hmm. How um, do you that's mean? That's where I feel. Like if there is a community, I feel very useful now being the person who's like asking the questions that um kind of um asks the community to like think more about their values to think differently about their values like kind of like um pushing like if, if there's a circle that is like the, a community of people who are believers in god I, I like being on the edge kind of like pushing to widen that circle i don't know how to describe other than that that's like how it feels to me mm -hmm. um but that requires like somebody being in the center like that requires somebody making a circle for me to exist like i know what you mean I absolutely know what you mean in the the sense of like there's some community organizing like PhD who like knows exactly the terms that I'm referring to. Oh, um, I bet, yeah. Yeah, but like I used to be like at the center of the thing, like I'm at the center of the mission, I'm at the center of the goal, I'm at the center of the movement, and then I realized like I actually um will die here. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes it is more comfortable to be uh whether the visual is like right at the perimeter of yeah, of yeah. whatever the movement or the organization is. Or I think about the visual because I would embody it sometimes. Of standing in the back of the room where you yes. can see everything and you're yes. not sitting down with everybody. <laughs> so you could leave if yes. you wanted to. And maybe you have so like you a cup of coffee and Yeah. But you're also perhaps uh you have like a you're not not towing the party line, but you you have a healthy skepticism about it all. Yeah. And you can be like, Well, some of this is stupid and yeah silly, like right? i yeah. haven't sat down so i haven't like checked that i accept the terms and conditions yes 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 but yes, i'm yes. still here so i get credit for being here but like i haven't checked the box yes that was me for um when i went through like my like church trauma whatever uh, like uh the end of college for me i spent my 20s like sitting in the back uh as much as possible and that's what i did until eventually i remember i went to this like small um progressive little whatever church that I really um, grew to love. But I was sitting in the back and eventually they were like, hey, we need volunteers for the kids. Um, you do not have to feel called by God. You do not have to like serve out of a servant's heart. We literally just like have a bunch of kids and no volunteers because everyone who goes to church here has church drama. And I was like, oh, <laughs> that's fair. Like as much as I'm like feeling angsty about like belonging and all the stuff that's so like emotionally charged and feels very spiritually charged, like you also just like... um people need to help each other um, in order to um, exist in groups. And so I volunteered for the, ch the children's ministry. Actually, do you know what? When I did the Hannah Brown first GCF, it was like right when I was starting to do that. Because remember, I cried. Oh, yeah. And I told yeah. you guys, like, I am starting to do this. Like, I am starting to open myself up to, like, participating and serving in a faith community. And how'd it go? Um, I cried uh, a bunch. <laughs> While um, serving? My first day, like all the like volunteers like meet to be like, here's the deal, like what age groups, whatever, whatever. And like while we were all talking, I was like, hey, I this, and they were like, oh, this actually happens a lot. Like, yeah, okay, great. And so I cried, and then uh, and then it's just fourth and fifth graders who need someone to look at them and see them, 
and care that their dog is sick and that their grandma died and that they have a big soccer game coming up and they're not sure if they want to play soccer anymore. Oh, so what age range is this? I was with fourth and fifth graders. Okay. Preteens, which is Mm. like shocking to think that that's preteen, but it is. And, uh, and but they're people at actually, that point. They're, they are people. Yeah. And that's actually all it is. And I remember like one of our lessons, one of our early lessons was like, um, God loves me, so I don't have to be afraid. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's I think that's my theology. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think my theology is like um, fourth grade. Uh, <laughs> like whatever the fourth grade lessons are, like that's as far as I've gotten in terms of like what I know to be true. Like, I believe there's something bigger than me. That like and that force is like loving and benevolent, and so like I don't have to be afraid. I think that is <laughs> that I can stand on, and that is like so. Really, I actually just ended up um, doing kids church for a while, and like, that was my church. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> the feel kids that. lesson, and I'd be like that preach that they, uh, that that hits. That's my lesson. My version of that was uh, not with children at all, but I remember volunteering and participating in a little worship band in college for a year, whatever year that was, my last year of college in Austin. And I did not go to the church at all. Otherwise, I did not participate in the church otherwise. But so my only in to it was via the band. And it was these um, it was these two brothers in the band. One was a drummer and one was the kind of front man. I believe his name was Reese. And he was, it was such a warm, sweet little presence mm. and energy that he cultivated within the group. One of the other bandmates was my friend Ashley, who I'd known for years at that point through high school stuff. And then we went to college at the same time. And I remember that being, uh, getting that experience of of the church and what creativity was and in service to another thing. And even the the little front person was not uh, egocentric. He was he was very gentle and meek in spirit. I was like, oh, this is actually <laughs> kind of what you're saying. It's like, oh, I've reached the ceiling of like what I want from this <laughs> <Yeah>. institutionally. <laughs> this <is> <laughs> I, I actually don't need to, oh, it's good to be involved in this, but also get involved. I was like, this is what this is what it is for me. Yep. And this I, is it. I feel very satisfied. I don't feel like that's a counterfeit version or it or an insufficient mm. version. I think that's no, good. No, not at all. This is more than enough, mm-hmm. actually. And that's actually beautiful. Like, that's I find that quite relieving to think of it that way. Like, that is abundance. This is more than enough mm-hmm. to just have like connection and meaning and to be of service to each other. And I think a lot of people have that outside of church. Um, but I do miss it. Okay, thanks. For, hey, um, I'm not giving you the hard sell to, to go heaven. back. <laughs> I'm not. I'm no, not pro not. people going back to church. I'm not anti people going back to church. You're no. You're just gently holding space for me to like kind of realize that like um. When something is, I don't know, if I could get over myself um, and find small corners of abundance, like, Mm -hmm. I think it would be lovely to then be able to facilitate small corners of abundance. Sure. Um, Which is something I didn't know that, I don't think I knew how important it was when I was doing it, when all I had was a feeling of being confident and purposeful when I was like a teenager, you know, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. when I was the um, person who was integrated in her youth group trying to talk to the visitor. But you were. Um, 
I was. I'm yeah. sure I was a, a nice part of some people's church experience. I'm also sure I was part of some people's trauma. Um, oh, same. But yeah. Isn't that yeah, funny but, to think about? It's like, because uh, it's funny to have this like critical distance and like, oh man, <laughs> the church really messed us up. And it's like, well, you were the church, so you messed somebody <laughs> up. <laughs> I know. Yes, that was me. I feel this like desire to make penance for him. Um, there was a bumper sticker I saw recently that said, just said, I'm sorry for what I said as an evangelical teen. Damn, what a specific. I, I know. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Specific true. but universal. Uh-huh. I think a lot of people feel that way. But I do think um, this is a period of me getting to like experience uh, like why it matters um, to have abundance uh, and then and be a recipient of other people creating abundance and being generous towards me and like letting me into their corners of belonging around this, you know, cold me, New York City, whatever. Um, and then I can be a part of creating and facilitating abundance for others again, but this time with like knowing what I'm doing. I think so. Matters. You might be on your way to sparkling again, like you used to. <laughs> I don't want to sparkle like I used to. I want to sparkle in a different way. I think, but yes. Yeah. Um, what was the color of it before? What's the color of it going to be in the future? It was what a good question, Kevin. What a good therapy question. Um, and where do you feel that? In I your think body? it was just a little Disney princessy. It was like the smile came first and then everything followed, which physiologically is true. Like you do cheer yourself up, but the smile came first and everything followed. Um, and I think I could sparkle in a way that like maybe has more of a capacity for stillness and quiet and for things to be uh, hard and for that to be okay. Um, like my survival instinct was to like find a way for everything to be better. My therapist actually said to me once, she was like, I don't actually think you're a people pleaser, which is like shocking. She was like, I think you just like were trained by people pleasers. That's interesting. Like, I don't think it's your nature. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think there's a version of sparkling that could be, um, I don't know, a little more authentic and has a, and it has space for um, like grief and sadness and bad feelings and um, doesn't have to always be smiling. Yeah. It doesn't favor the extroverts above all. Ooh, yeah, that's or, true. Or filling the space and whatnot. As if that would be the yeah. worst thing to happen. Okay, wish me luck. <laughs> I'll just go do that real quick. Okay, well, let's let you go do that, and we'll take a quick break, and we'll be right back with more Good Christian Fun. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, imagine a world, if you will, where you have an extra hour in your day. What are you going to do with it? Are you going to go for a run? Are you going to take a nap? Are you going to read a book? Are you, hey, you know... Listeners of this show, are you going to pray? Are you going to perhaps read not only a book, but maybe the good book? Well, a lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what it is that's important to you and to make that a priority. And guess what can help you do that? Therapy. Therapy can help you find what matters to you. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. And I can attest to this personally, I've been in therapy for 11 years now and it has helped me tremendously to figure out my priorities, to figure out where my time is going and why and how to focus on the things I need to focus on and shy away from the things that I actually don't care about but I just kind of get in autopilot and I'm not feeling and dealing and tuning into my body in real time. Therapy helps with all of that. So if you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. 
Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash GoodChristianFun today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash GoodChristianFun. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Welcome back to Good Christian Fun. It's time to dive into the topic. Come on, let's go. So that was that was Stephen Chris Chapman. I know. <laughs> I know, Kevin. I was there. I just don't remember names because I remember the names of the people in your life. <laughs> I know, which is nice and it's better. Um, and you remember the names of FM Static coming oh. to you out of Toronto, not too far from you. Um, Trevor McNeven, Steve Augustine, or Augustine. What if his name was Steve Augustine? Like the uh, theologian. He would have been the king of the reformed bros. If you like good Charlotte, you may also like FM Static and their debut album. What are you waiting for? You were talking about you would listen to this while getting ready for, for what events? For home group, you said. For a home group, for church. We were at church basically every night of the week, except for Tuesdays. And that's when we watched Gilmore Girls, which mm-hmm. you wouldn't know anything about. I wouldn't know anything about that. No. But yeah, like every night of the week, it was like either singles ministry for my mom or like mm. choir for my mom or um, the puppet ministry. <laughs> there was just Did you do puppet ministry at all? Because shockingly, I never did. And I, I think <laughs> I would have been of service. <laughs> I think. I think your whole life would have gone a completely different way. I think I'd like, be happy been, right now. <laughs> I think you'd be Malcolm Gladwell's Outliers, even though it's been debunked. You would have been like the youngest age possible to find yeah. the thing you're most passionate about, and you would have had 10,000 hours in by the time you graduated. 100 P. Ugh, I want to see that Kevin's life. I think he's doing great. So do I. Uh, but but the the music ecosystem, because we've, we've never talked about music with you. I mean, no. in passing... But we no, did The Bachelor, think... and we did freaking Redeeming Love. Redeeming Love. But we, we, yeah. I'm sure you gave a little rundown of just like your music diet generally. And I, I actually want you to talk about non-Christian music too in high school that you were into, oh. if you were into Yeah, music. I mean, my first like, I mean, my first CD was Stephen Curtis Chapman diving in. So that's part of why oh, yeah. I knew. Oh um, yeah, the one where he's, where he's speechless, where he's like, he's got the, the yeah. Steve Jobs yeah, yeah. turtleneck. Wait, no, is that the green one? Yeah. It's the green one. Yeah, yeah that's the, the green, green one. one. That was my first pre- pro- CD. My second proper CD, though, was the Josie and the Pussycat soundtrack. Yeah, a, um, a movie I that has held up phenomenally well. It is so good. Mm-hmm. I rewatched it like two years ago, and I was like, "This is um um what's the word nascent?" <laughs> it absolutely <laughs> this is, is. That's so the right word. Oh, nascent. 
they were ahead of their time. It was an incredible film. Sure. Um, so I loved like that. So I loved like anything like female interiority. Mm-hmm. Um, like I'm actually a rock star. I'm very powerful and no one quite knows. <laughs> what it. if so I was, said like, super- I was really into female exteriority? <laughs> oh. That's kind of my wheelhouse. Yeah. Um, so I was like Josie and the Pussycats, uh, Super Chick. I loved Super Chick, which was Christian, um, that sort of thing. And then FM Static was because our church was on like whatever that circuit was in the early aughts where like random Christian bands would like, travel church to church. Um, our church was really big in the aughts. Um, it was like pretty mega churchy and then it, like slowly died over um, the 2000, 2000s, honestly, into the 2010s. Um, and this is in Dallas. Is really sad. Yeah, in Dallas. And so we were like one of the stops. And so I, I'm not sure if FM Static was a stop or if it was just like one of the CDs around. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was a burn CD, though. So like a lot of my musical tastes, um, unshockingly, were just dictated by like the guys who were older than me in youth group. <laughs> sure. Oh, yeah. No, and we're like slightly sense. too old to be hanging out with. So like mm-hmm. my references were like, I remember like being able to quote like mystery men when I was like. 16 or 17, which is, like, not a film I should have seen. Yeah, that's not something you care about. That's no. So, you... like, I just... Some of my taste for that. So, like, that's how I got into Coldplay when I was, like, a little bit younger than I think the normal girl mm-hmm. gets into Coldplay. But that was sort of my music universe was, like, CDs that people burned for me because um, I didn't have, like, a good computer. Did you so have complicated ethics about that? About the idea of, like, well, it's a burnt CD. I didn't Not at all at the this. time. <laughs> okay. It didn't even occur to me. Yeah. The people making music were just people making music. It was like, it was on the radio. I would like, I would listen on the radio and like record onto my like cassette tape. But yeah. To find, and so then like burning a CD didn't feel any different at all to me. And maybe I was just like also deeply hungry because like, we didn't have cable. We didn't have like very good internet. So like whatever people could like burn or make for me became my religion. Like at home listening by myself like over and over and over again to the same CDs. Yeah. People don't understand. I mean, we lived through that time period where music was, was <laughs> had value to now it's a public utility almost yeah. where it's just like, Oh yeah. Pay to have the water on. And, and, and if you it. don't have siblings, if yeah. you don't have siblings, like there was no one, no other like taste or culture coming into my life. So like the people at church, the people at school, like whatever they were into and gave me like became, and I honestly miss like how it felt to know like every lyric of everything I was listening to. Mm hmm all the time on repeat like to be like 13 and just to be a sponge and and to love one thing or to have someone introduce one thing is like such a precious <laughs> like scary thing like do you ever think about that like you're like 13 and like because you watched princess bride you will now have like an incredibly specific like sexual fantasy as an yeah. adult yeah, yeah, and it could have yeah. been like a different movie yeah but it wasn't on and that friday night and like here you are that has like formed your personality now Maybe this is the old man in both of us, but just the idea of like a non-algorithmic recommendation infrastructure and and the human touch of, well, I want to be like my big brother who loves Five Iron Frenzy for some reason. Yeah. So I guess I'll listen to Five Iron Frenzy now. Yeah. Does the truism stick for you that people say oftentimes, I guess we're going to find out with this album, oftentimes the music that you end up loving the most in high school is for life and it, that doesn't mm. change that much over the years. Yeah, I think so. My youth pastor like played the killers and I was like, what is this? It's mm-hmm. a revelation. And so like the killers will never leave. I mean, that's a pretty like, that's not a very difficult band to love. They're pretty like unobjectionably like <laughs> sure. talented and interesting and like doing something cool at the time they were doing it. So that's not mm-hmm. like wild or avant-garde at all, but like they will hold a place in my heart like forever. And that was like 16, 17, 18, 19. 
Yeah, same for me, for them. Have you seen them live yet? Did you go see them? I did. I went on my birthday. uh, I think went for like my 28th birthday, 27th birthday, like 2017, 2018. And I was surrounded by 45-year-old men. Yeah, it is. Although I will say, maybe this is my experience going to too many Springsteen shows. When we saw them here in LA, I was like, man, there's a lot of different kinds of people here. And there were like oldies and youngies as well. And people of different races. I was also like sitting back. Like I was in the like, I think like, uh, I kind of have trouble with my back sometimes seats. Mm -hmm. So I think that might be why it was all the 45 year old men. That's what it was. But FM static for me was like, um, I don't know, for me, it was pivotal because it was like the first time I was imagining or hearing boys, Christian boys, no less pine for a girl because they really like her incredibly specifically they incredibly specifically like that like she was drinking fruitopia or that like her favorite day was earth day or uh she liked puff she liked black caddies listen to puff daddy dance Uh until her legs were sore like it gave me this imagination for the idea that like a boy would like me specifically and notice the things about me that like I think no one else notices about me. What song do you think encapsulates this the best? Definitely, maybe. Definitely, maybe. It is my, f- oh, just the opening bars make my heart, like makes me want to kick my feet. Wow. I met a girl named Tara and she lived in the heart of America. She liked black caddies, listened to Puff Daddy, danced until her legs were sore. She worked around the corner At a diner with the grouchy owner And a boyfriend shady Dates another girl named Katie He loves her definitely, maybe Don't think I can take it Wake me when it's over Seems so far away I wish that it was closer I see you every day I'm too scared to go over I wonder what she'd say I barely even know her And how much longer Will this keep getting stronger I wonder what she's doing When I'm singing myself to sleep Wow. Just imagine being Tara. To be the object of affection of, yeah. of these nice Canadian boys. Christian yes, Canadian and boys. I th- yes, and I think it's like, I think what was so like radical about that for me was like being raised in a moment, well, not even a moment, being raised in like an institution where it's like the concept of your gender as a man needs to marry the concept of the gender of a woman. Yeah. And not not just because you guys like each other, you, because you'll be like suited spiritually and like on the same level spiritually and you'll be like a good match in all these other ways and you'll desire each other hormonally, et cetera, et cetera. Like there was a sense that like, you should like your partner. Actually, there was a sense that you should be like attracted to your partner. But just to be liked, to be, to like f- a man likes a woman. He just likes her. He what? likes things about her. He likes her music. He likes, I. that was so... And that felt I like a shocking notion at the time because are, are, you, are you so are you connecting to it in the sense of the specifics of she likes this and she likes dancing and and and, and that the, he like sees her that he sees her he like observes her he sees her he notices the things she likes I think it's shocking to think that like it was shocking to think that like I could have a Christian boy who like really really liked me um, and not just like wanted to pursue me because he was supposed to because i was a girl and wife he was a option was really like, 14 it, it's, yeah it's and, you. and yeah. 
there like I, I grew up in a moment where like all that stuff was like really codified in purity uh. culture. Like you were kind of supposed to date, but you were supposed to date a very specific way and you were supposed to pursue and you were supposed to like have this like grand mission that God has for you in your life and all of that. And I was like, okay, okay, I can do that, I can do that, I can do that. But like the deep feeling inside of me was kind of like that's that's sort of like where your life starts, but also where like your interiority ends. Mm-hmm. Like like Little Women, uh, Betsy Tacy, Little House on the Prairie. It's like the like the writer, the woman who has like all this vigor. Like she gets married, and then the book ends. Like that is it. She did it. She's a wife now. And and so I think it kind of just opened up in my like thirteen year old oh. tiny little body. Oh yeah. Just imagine how small. Like the idea that like you might find someone who just like also just really really likes you and knows you and sees you like mm-hmm. sees things about you that you think no one else sees. Um, and and you guys could get together. What and a nice takeaway! I, I honestly, I I don't know if that's what they were going for. I don't know either, got, but that like, was the effect of it. Sounds positive. Every song that isn't like every song that isn't them pining is basically a skip for me. I would like listen because I would be like, this is important, and I want to like do right by them. But like whenever they're pining for a girl, it, it just feels more real to me. It feels like they care more. It feels like what they actually wanted to do. Because this is like they're a spinoff from Thousand Foot Crutch, right? Thousand Foot Crutch was the main project, yeah. and then this was sort of the side project. Yeah. So like my imagination for them is that it's like okay, great, we're like Christian rockers. So if we have like a Christian rock anthem, if we have like a we need to change this nation, whatever, like all the good, like all the like bops of that probably went to TFK. My like imagination mm-hmm. for them is that they were like. I just also really want to write a song for Tara (laughs) and I can't on like the TFK persona because it's not about God. Sure. Like they mentioned God. I I listened through and I counted. They mentioned anything Christian or God like twice. Uh, It's really only in the one song in something to believe in. Right. Or did you catch another one? Something to believe in. Don't want to, don't want to spend my life. I'm figuring out that I could have just said one prayer. Yeah. References God. The first one is in crazy Mary, which was, oh, Crazy Mary is such a skip for me. Ugh. All right. <laughs> I feel no, but I feel so bad for her because the whole thing is like this woman is an alcoholic who has a horrible life, and I have to minister to her. So I would like pity listen because I like I really should listen to Mary's song. Yeah, I mean it really uh, answers the question: What if proud Mary wasn't proud, but she was crazy? <laughs> <laughs> With lyrics like "Crazy Mary is a slow girl who looks up to no one." And would do anything for a cold one. For a cold one. So this is, if if Caroline, may she rest in peace, if Caroline were here, she would uh, rightfully point out the fallen woman genre. The Mm. fallen girl, you you have so much to give and you don't even know how wonderful and beautiful you are. Genre of music, this completely lives within. Uh, Except for she's like, also like an addict. (laughs) Sure. No, and she needs actual help. Yes, definitely. Yeah. (laughs) I, I always pictured, um, my 13-year-old self always pictured the bird lady and Mary Poppins. She's just <laughs> sitting there on a bench, <laughs> an alcoholic, and FM static is like, wow, she really needs help. That crazy is crazy Mary. Mary. They, so yeah, I would pity listen. The the thing with this album, and we've talked about God or girlfriend tropes and, and sort of writing the line, a lot of this does <laughs> strike me as... We're all out of Reliant K. Is FM static <laughs> all right? <laughs> At the restaurant. Almost like Reliant J. Uh, yeah, or Reliant Pep- uh, yeah, Pepsi. They're absolutely <laughs> the Pepsi of it. In Although, the- I, yes. I would argue if you just use their discography of FM Static's discography versus Reliant K's, I would say that FM Static, I think, likes girls more. Well, just like, likes them as people slightly more. Sure. I mean, the, you're saying there's nothing as egregious as a mood rings to be found 
Yeah. In FM status. Or I, I can't, I mean, I guess they have like vague, I guess women are the vague person that Roland K would be like sunny with a high of 75, mm-hmm. like outside bopping around with. So I guess they're there. Yeah, but, but is there a Reliant K that pines? Show me a Reliant K that pines. Oh, sure, I bet there bad. is. No, we've talked about. Mm-hmm, I think there's some pine songs on that. Is there? Okay, well yeah. then, good for them. I mean, Sadie Hawkins' dance. There's a little pining on that. I would say, but that's more about him wanting a girl to want him. It's not about him like loving her and being alone in his room thinking about her. It's not about him loving a gorgeous 13-year-old big-eyed girl getting her <laughs> hair straight for home group. With the straightest hair you're, at home You're group. right. I know. You just keep, you want to listen. So it's the straightest <laughs> it's ever been in your life. It's like a it's, piece of paper. I do think that was helpful though, because I think that the things that we like, that we like let into our life when we're really young, like do, do teach us like. They teach us how to love. Like, they teach us how to imagine love. And so this imagination for a love where a guy, like, really, really likes me, like, for whatever reason, did come true because I – probably because I was, like, too scared to go out with guys ever until one, like, really, 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 really liked me enough sure. to, like, be piney enough to, like, sit around. But, like, yeah, like, my first love was like this, right? Like, mm-hmm. this is what it felt like. I felt like, oh, I actually feel really safe and I feel like you, like, like me and see me and like the little things that – I don't know. I, I I don't know what the relationship is to like the things we consume when we're young, and then the like how we recognize how we clock love when we're older. I know it's supposed to be our parents or whatever, but like maybe for a little bit it was FM static too. I think that's so nice. Even if that was probably Thanks, guys beyond the. <laughs> Thank you, FM static. <laughs> Thanks Static. so much, guys. He just like really wanted to have sex with Tara, and I'm over here like. Ugh. <laughs> Yes, yeah, these two nasty, horny little They're just evangelical so horny. boys. They're, They're like, just so horny. I can't talk of her body, so I'll talk about how she loves Puff Daddy. T- they do love, <laughs> I will say, speaking of Rory Lorelai, they love themselves a pop culture reference, they don't they? They really do. And isn't that horrifying, like, as a writer to think, like, you don't know how your references are going to age? Sure. Oh, in the, you know, in Definitely Maybe, there's an allusion to. Not reading, but in the theaters, in the movie theater, watching Harry Potter. Watching, which also made me mad, because I was like, how come FM Static's allowed to be a Christian band and go see Harry Potter, and I'm not allowed to see Harry Potter? I was wondering if that courted controversy at the time, a Harry Potter lyric reference in the song. I think it, I think it would have if they were like mainstream enough, but FM, I think FM Static was like their bad boy persona. Maybe <laughs> TFK couldn't have seen Harry Potter, but FM Static, yeah. No one's paying attention except for me. And it's happened in our lifetime where now... I would imagine Harry Potter, uh, with uh, all the trans hate of the author aside, even just Harry Potter as an entity is like a, a is iconic cringe for Gen Z. That's mm, like yeah, that's true. like uh, BuzzFeed. I can has cheeseburger crap. Yeah, I would absolutely. Imagine. Yeah, uh, and, yeah, because everything's not cool if the person, the generation before, well, not the generation. It's like if your parents. Oh yeah, we're parents. Oh, I forgot. I forgot that world. Millennials are forty. So yeah. If your parents are into it. Yeah. And there's some proud, proud mama in San Diego naming her kids Ron Weasley. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's like, no, this God sucks. Bless. Most of the songs feel like they're pining after girls that they barely know. That is true. Or mm. just complaining about <laughs> school or wanting to get out of school. Yeah. Or they're like these like, they're like, this is their dirtbag self. They're like dirtbag Christian boys. And like just that grading on a curve, it just means they like, 
like girls yeah, and don't yeah, want to yeah. be in that, school. That they'll talk about <laughs> Play them. the drums. And kind of come up with these narratives about them definitely maybe is about like the guy you're with is definitely cheating on you. I'm better than that guy. October is uh, sort of a, a almost like a tis the damn season ode, a little Notting Hill, a, a, an anthem to a girl oh, who October's doesn't know that the, much. Yeah, the girl you is the girl you had a crush on in grade school, grew up and got famous. Yes, exactly. Okay, I started developing. Oh, go ahead. Oh no, you can talk. I was just playing this. <laughs> I started idea. developing a theory. Like, was it Katy Perry? Because isn't she Canadian? Oh, man. no. And no, she no, no. dated... Oh, she's She not, dated okay. Matt Thiessen from Reliant That's K. what I was thinking. I was like, if she yeah. dated Matt Thiessen, like, maybe they were kind of, like, all in the mix on the Christian, the Christian circuit. Because she did the Christian circuit for a minute. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know, I mean, listen, it's the lore of this podcast. I interviewed her. Uh, oh, that's right. Like oh, Christian artist, of course. Do not speak to you of the dark magic. You were there where it was forged. Yeah, I, I need to like I. release that info. It's like buried <laughs> in episode four of our podcast, I think. But I need to like, it's very weird that I interviewed Katy Perry as a 15 year old girl, as an 11 year old boy, or whatever the age <laughs> gap is. Problematic age I, gap, I'll say. Problematic. I, that was my theory, though. Who else would they like see in Cosmopolitan? It felt specific. Her favorite day was Earth Day. <laughs> <laughs> she bought him a Boys in the Hood soundtrack for his birthday. They love pop culture. They love yeah, it. They love vanilla they ice tapes. They love Michael oh, Jackson, yeah. Puff Daddy, uh, Chip uh, and Pepper polo shirts, Harry Potter. Uh, they can't get enough of this stuff. Do you know what a black caddy is? She likes black caddies. Listen to Puff Daddy. Is it a Cadillac? <laughs> oh, like a black Cadillac. Yeah. Oh, I just always assumed when I was younger, like it was like, this will make sense when it's older. It's like probably like a sex thing or something. And then I finally got older and I was like, no, people have very weird references and make very specific metaphors that actually weren't that obvious. I mean, if you Google black caddies, it does bring up like the PGA's problematic racial history. It oh. truly does. <laughs> I don't think so FM Static was making a <laughs> reference to, to that. I could be wrong. This woman, Tara, I love her. She's very into uh, the racial politics. Of yeah. The yeah, she was golf. on the social justice beat 20 years ago. But then the rest of them, it's very, uh, you know, something to believe in. It kind of reminded me a little bit of a lot of switch, less spiritual than Switchfoot. This is mm. such a Christian LaCroix of a band yeah. in the sense of yeah. like, uh, it is the patina of, of Christian flavor, not actual Christian flavor, in the sense of mm-hmm. you. It's just sanitized a little bit. There's nothing yeah. disrespectful or rebellious at all whatsoever in the lyrics and in the songwriting of it. And so your parents would be okay if you came yeah. with this at home. But there's nothing didactic. There's nothing preach. There's there's no yeah. uh, intention of messaging other than like. We like girls and, uh, you know, high school's annoying sometimes. That's <laughs> yeah. the, the, you know, the long and short of it. This one to me felt like, I feel like you can feel their ambivalence when they're singing about anything except for Tara. Yes. <laughs> they're just really ambivalent about it. This to me felt like the, um like, there's like every Christian band. I feel like, um oh, what's their name? Can't remember it. All I remember is Kevin. Um, uh, Letters to the President. Oh, Larsa, Hawk Nelson. Thank you. Like Hawk yeah. Nelson has one like this. It's like the um, it's like the Christian punk version of waiting on the world to change. It's the like, we're the next generation, and the world is so screwed up, man, and we deserve better, and maybe we'll be better. But like we notice, like we see world how corrupt you are. 
which has to be nice because I feel like that's like the Venn diagram of like actual punk. It's like the world is so fucked up. And they're allowed to do that because as Christians, you're allowed to think like the world is messed up. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it, it aligns actually with a very, yeah. uh, a, a, a very round secular sentiment of like, man, some things have to change. I yeah. think, you know, <laughs> there's a vague sense that, mm-hmm. the, but I notice it's bad. I don't know how to change it except for the Christian bands have to add in like a, but if you got saved or like right. God, it's like we actually um, know the answer. Where's John? Mayer's we actually like, have the answer. Know. Let's just jam at it. Maybe it'll be okay. You know, that's more the sentiment. Is yeah, that funny how that intersects? Um, I'm trying to think of other things that intersect. I mean, my first stereo, a sort of <laughs> this was this a skip for you, John Yell? hundred percent. Talking about ironically, I always skipped my first stereo because you yeah, felt. No. Did you feel threatened that he would like a big? <laughs> A big stereo, stereo with a juicy ass, more so than. As, oh God, no! <laughs> me, attention to me. Yeah. My favorite day is Earth Day. <laughs> no, yeah, uh, that was always a skip. I, I mean, I get the, I get the bit. Like you think it's a girl, and instead of it being about God, it's about his stereo as his first love. Like mm. that's really cute for the first verse, but then you have to keep listening to the rest of the song. But you know, the no notion. And all the days, it's just like, uh, let's hang out. Let's let's all have oh, fun and hang out. Another thing about them, they love a math pun. So well, like, Well, they like to do the one, two, three two, in the first three. song yeah. three days later. Like yeah. Three days later. They do, and they do that a couple different places. They do it in, you can hold me once, you can hold me twice. Even mm-hmm. better if the stars are good tonight and hold me twice. And in the notion, oh, oh, I got the notion. Maybe. One, two, three times a lady. Yeah. Maybe they just like counting. Maybe that's yeah, maybe of... they just love counting. <laughs> it just makes them feel good, man. I it's think comforting. You know, they put out a few more albums and then they went on uh, indefinite hiatus in 2017, I believe. And then Trevor McNeven or 2011, they went on a hiatus. Trevor McNeven is the only remaining member, but it's you know, I think if a band hasn't done anything in 12 years, it might be uh, legal to say it's defunct. At this point, did you did you mess they, with any of their later stuff? Was there any like no, hair no one burned it for me. It was just it was just that it was just that <laughs> no one burned it for me. So no, it didn't exist as far as I was concerned. I didn't know 2017 was the latest they released something. No, it's 2011. I'm sorry, 2011. Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, their last yeah. their last record was "My Brain Says Stop, But My Heart Says Go." Uh, so, Are there any girls' titles names on it? Because I could check it out. Uh, well, unless there's a girl named Cinnamon, but I don't think so. No. Nope. <laughs> hey, I want it. Lost in you. You don't know me like that. Last stream home. Black tattoo. Inside out. No, I don't think so. Gotcha. Well, they probably got married and then they stopped pining. I love I love specific girls' <laughs> names in songs. Of course, we could we yeah. could play a game. That's a good party game or like a road trip game. Is like name all mm. the songs. You can with a that girl with a woman's name in the title. Have you ever wrote a pining song? You're a pining boy. Whoa, hang on now. I mean, <laughs> you, you have some pine in you. This is liable. I'm Chris Pine. That's what mm. you're calling me. Yeah, you 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 know your way around a pine. <laughs> yeah, a I, very specific. I've been in love the piney woods for sure. Oh yeah, things about a girl. Yeah, I've, I've have you ever the written them down? Song wise. In college and stuff, yeah. Oh, yeah. Famously, I gave a love poem to a girl named Brittany that I had a crush on outside of a Chili's when I was 12 years old. 
that Do you I, remember any of the specific details in it? No. Like, did you notice any I, specific details about her? I remember that the font was a font I downloaded <laughs> where all the letters looked like they were on fire. <laughs> so it's called like flame and font or something. I, I, I don't know mm. what it was called. I, I, I wish I could remember one line or one detail from it. And I'm yeah. I'm glad that my mind is protecting me from myself yeah. and the notion that I can't. I, I absolutely well, cannot. Don't worry. I'll always remember this now. <laughs> but, yeah. It didn't work out with me and Brittany. I mean, at least not yet. I'm, I, I, I play the long <laughs> game, though. So I don't know. We're going to see what happens now. Mm. We'll see. But no, I, I can pine. I can I can do a long term pine too. <laughs> I can do long distance pine. I can do long term pine. Mm. I can do ethically non monogamous pine. <laughs> I can't do poly pine. That's where. Mm. That's what's the difference between ethan? What's the, what's the distinction for you that crosses over? Well, poly, poly pine? could be like you're in a thruple. Whereas oh, I see. E and M, none of you may know each other, but you just right, know that right, one right, person. Right. It's discreet. Yes. Yeah, that's fair. I think I, I am realizing the obvious truth that I married the boy who was pining for me. <laughs> of course you did. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think if there's any attitudes or um, images or values from music I got in high school that would then mm. inform uh, adult feelings or visions of romance for myself. I mean, Springsteen was obviously so much a part of that. That's so boring <laughs> to talk about now. But... Uh, I have been on a little renaissance kick with someone who who meant a lot for a little bit in high school. And then I've kind of like dipped my toes back in. And now I'm going full bore with her catalog. Tori Amos. Did you like oh, Tori Amos? No, I didn't know Tori Amos. Where would you have me start? Under the Pink, Little Earthquakes, okay. Boys for Pele. Um, I think because I first... I first hear her in the West Wing or something when I was like 13, 14 years old. Mm. I went to see her in in a concert when I was 15 in Houston. And that's when I first realized that Houston had a thriving queer community. Ah, imagine that. Because I I knew some like gay kids and I had gay friends growing up, but but like that there were so many and they all came out for, you know, and it was a lot of different kinds of people, but it was, that was the predominant of that fan base i remember that night and the, her interrogation of religion guilt femininity patriarchy frailty rape culture all that stuff i'm like oh mm. wow I, this is what i was listening to when i was 15 why was that's that that's amazing and i've seen no, that's wonderful i've since come back a little bit i've i've been having a new renaissance with her a new love affair uh, yeah. with her the last couple of weeks. I learned from someone that it takes um, exposure to a concept um, between like eight and 13 times before our brain, it actually sinks in to hmm. like a new word, a new concept, like a new reality. And so the idea of being like a Christian kid who has like a pretty um, like homogenous context, or at least like a context that's like really small and defined around you. Yeah. The idea that at, how old were you? You said 15? 15? Yeah. 15, like these concepts, the concept of rape as a thing that, you know, like these things getting to soak in early. Um, I think that's lovely because it gives you like a head start. And it's like, that's like the actual number. It's like between eight and 13 times. Um, I was learning about that from like a, um, 
uh, like a racial equity like training person because mm-hmm. they were saying like whenever someone like has a realization in front of them, it's easy to be like, I did it. I'm so good. And it's like, no, that was probably just like the ninth time they heard Isn't that it. that funny? And when they tell someone something and they're like really resistant, they're like, yeah, that was probably like the fourth. And like four times from now, they'll start to like hear what's being said to them. But, like I remember in college, this is so embarrassing, but like I am a child of like I graduated high school in 2008 and people do not remember what like feminism was like at the time like it was still like feminism is like a bad word at least Mm -hmm. in texas in like very religious dallas where i was it was like we're for equality but not feminism it's like you know that's like the whole thing i remember like hearing about feminism as a thing it was like the third time i had heard about it as a freshman in college taking a class like the third time is that funny (laughs) took like five more times for me to like start to understand some of the concepts like I don't know. I guess I just feel really warm to like w- what how music can be this like side door, this very like emotional side door into concepts and feelings that like when you're young you have not felt yet, but you'll later be like, oh, now I know what Tori Amos was singing about. Isn't that funny? Yeah, it's so beautiful. I wish I had that power. I like when you make theater, like you can kind of do that, but like songs are just so so small and powerful and intimate. Like they're. It's like a poem. It's just like a whole little universe that if you just like something, if you like the drums in it, it might open you up to like just mm-hmm. being softer towards a whole other part of the world you don't know about. Yeah. And That's especially so cool. The, the canon of someone's work to like a band, a band like mm-hmm. FM static or a singer, <laughs> like- <laughs> a singer songwriter where it's like, oh, this is like a universe you you can live in. Yeah. And revisit and you're going to go down these different pathways and yeah. intersections over over time and and have new discoveries and encounters with it and things that yeah reveal themselves to you and i will say i'm glad that you found value in fm static <laughs> when you did i think these are some of the most mid lyrics we've ever covered on the show <laughs> i think the melodies are are fine and and like it is like off the shelf Punk, pop, etc. Actually, it sounds like we're getting into the 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 rating of it. So maybe yeah. should we just like do that? Give it a roast or toast? Wait, or space between. Wait, first, first yeah, final will thoughts. Play, will you just play the Fruitopia part? Yeah, Fruitopia. Which song is that on? It's the last one. Hey now. Okay. Which was a one of the track. songs in the CD. It's a hidden track. Is this it? You drank your fruitopia and we never ran out of things to say now, say now. I'm in... Wait, 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 it's the good part. Just one more. Do it for me, Kevin. Every minute I'm not with you, I hope I'll see you soon. There's just something that happens this is my favorite when part. you walk into oh, I'm dizzy. the room. And instantly I feel so complete It hits me right about the time you kiss my cheek And you give me this feeling It's like no other feeling But it knocks me off my feet Please don't That's all I needed. ask me what I like about you Cause it's every little thing Does this not sound like Brown Eyed Girl to you? That's just the Sound like who? Brown Eyed Girl Oh, yeah You my brown eyed girl Yeah Okay, I just wanted that. I wanted people to experience that. Yeah, okay, the lyrics aren't great. I'm an adult, but it makes me feel. It makes me feel, Kevin. And that is not nothing. I think 
a lot of this podcast has be, been me confronting areas of guilt and shame for myself and, and things I wish I would have <laughs> done differently and I haven't done. And I have not shared Fruitopia with a girl <laughs> before. Wow. Um, that's something I do hope to do one day. Yeah, one day. Because I do inevitably run out of things to say. Yeah. And, and according to this song, yeah. If I drink the fruitopia with with someone, then I'll I'll never yeah. run out of things to say. So I'm looking forward and, to that. I don't know when that's. And you happen. know, it was a fruitopia because, like, what a humiliating beverage. If it was any other beverage, they would have used it. You drank your Mr. Pib and I. <laughs> this was my first hidden track ever, Kevin. The concept <laughs> of hidden tracks hadn't occurred to me. I'm straightening my hair. I think it's over, and all of a sudden they start singing. I just. I don't know. I just like thank you, FM Static. Thank you. Um, thank you for your you mean service. A lot to your, me. Your Canadian service. Uh, yeah. I think as someone who makes something, if I make something that made one person feel the way I felt while straightening my hair, that's a success. And you carry on their legacy in everything you do. I carry on their legacy. There's a little postscript in everything you make. Thank you, to FM Static. Yeah. She like doesn't know my how husband. she feels about like God and church, but she can proselytize FM Static <laughs> unproblematically with like no. <laughs> No, no remorse or questions. What's or the best concerns. hidden track of all time? I was just thinking about that. Um, My favorite is Your House, the Alanis Morissette one from Jagged oh. Little Pill. Do you know this one? I don't know it. Send it to me, no. Yes, I'll send it to you. Would you forgive oh, me, love, if I dance in your shower? Um, <laughs> Yes, I'll send you that. But be thinking about um, that. If you have other songs that have pining in them that you think are better lyrically than F, hard to imagine, but better lyrically than uh, FM Sonic, feel free to send my way. That stands for you too, listeners. Uh -huh. um, if you have any, if you want to make me um, have better taste, you can. Um, what a great genre though, is the pine, the, yeah. the piney woods of pining. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, my like squishy gray matter in my brain has sort of already formed. So nothing will get in there sure. the same way, um, but I can try. Well, on that note, let's give it a roast or toast, Sean. Now, you know how it works. Holy right. toast, we give it a thumbs up. Send it to heaven. heaven Holy roast, a thumb down. We send it to... <laughs> or if we're not sure, we send it to purgatory, which is... The space between... You're our guest, so we'll start with you. Final thoughts. I don't, I don't want to be in heaven if this album isn't there. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sending it straight to heaven. Peter at the pearly gates. Hey now. Hey now. Hey now. Oh my God. Imagine when Tara gets there. We'll have so much to talk about. <laughs> and you meet her and you're like, you? And she's like really that's rude. I, that's how I feel all the time. Like you were at my wedding. You heard my vows. Yeah. Like my husband, like I, his love, his love for me, like foundationally changed me and made me like believe in grace. Um, and then oh. I talk about him and then people meet him and he's just a guy. Yeah. He's like, hi. <laughs> yeah. He's just some guy. Yeah. Tara's just some girl, but we'll, yeah, we'll have a lot to talk about. What about you, Kevin? I'm sure it's exactly the same and you love it and you're sending it to heaven. I love experiencing things through the eyes of people that I love and care about, which would be the mm. case for you or experiencing it through your ears <laughs> rather experiencing it through a young 13-year-old finding identity and understanding the dimensions of affection that she could one day receive from other yeah. people in specifics. Mm -hmm. 
and what to mm-hmm. me sounded like almost incel adjacent anthems of why isn't this girl into me that that a young woman a young girl could receive that as like well i should care to seek a man one day and a person who loves me for for the for the content of who i am in my heart and my personality i think that's beautiful that we could have two different mm-hmm. takeaways from that and that the other that the the height the zenith of 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 the other lyrics in in the different songs were Let's have some fun and make commotion or a sort of uh, bargain bin summer of 69. And like, I I'm love kissing my first stereo. I got my first real stereo with the juicy badonk. Um, you know, there were, there were things in it that while, while listening, I couldn't believe how straightforward some of the lyrics were <laughs> almost like a, an intentional lack of poetry. All these days includes lines like, I got to run now. Go home and take a shower. We all can meet up at your house in half an hour. Half an hour. (laughs) Or hold me twice. I'm on the runway of a flight that's going one way on. On Cross cross Your your Fingers Airlines. Now, and I need to. That's clever. I need to be honest about this. I have flyer miles on Cross Your Fingers Airlines. I have yeah, you so do. many miles. I've not cashed in. I have platinum status. <laughs> I for real have platinum status. So I see the angles of value here. Uh-huh. I must uh-huh. be true to myself. All right. <laughs> and send it to have. I have to give this a roast. I, I, I do give it all a roast, unfortunately. Right. I can love you. I I I I love you. I just don't love the things you do. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I think you, I, th- <laughs> I love you as the center. I don't love this. Well, welcome to good Christian fun. <laughs> I, I think, I think this is the beauty of art. The, the it perspective, is the, beauty of art. the perspective that you projected and imbued onto this very like <laughs> almost like flagrantly inoffensive mid music. Some of the most mm-hmm. just like nothing songs. <laughs> we've ever heard on this show i lo- i love that you could give it that genuinely i think that's a magic trick uh okay that You're art welcome. can pull is it off. about the beauty of art or is it about like just the deficiency of being 13 it's both of those both. things because yeah it is because this is this is music for that time they were not making music for a 33 year old hypercritical annoying man Living Do you in think Los they Angeles. were making it for a 13-year-old yes. girl, though? Yes, 100%. Really? Yes. Okay. Of course they were. <laughs> of course they were making it for middle school and high school people. Yeah, yeah you're right. Middle school, you're high right. school people, like it's a people I mean yeah. to say children and kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's middle school people all, all across this nation that I'm very fond of. I love that you gave this to me, and I hope I, I took care in, in stewarding my attention towards it. You did. Okay. Thank you, Kevin. Hey, you're so welcome. And thank you, FM Static. Oh, th- and th- thanks to them. Big ups. I hope they get a Google alert when this episode comes out. And now oh. we're bringing it down to a more worshipful space on other shows. Sean Yao, you may plug yourself or promote your projects, but on here, we lift them up to the Lord, including our social yeah. media handles and perhaps something you're enjoying in secular culture that our mm. listeners can check out. The last great thing you read, watched, saw, listened to, oh, etc. Oh, God. So, the last it, thing I managed to make myself watch. Um, yeah, you can find me on Janielle Kastner, uh-huh. spelled like Janielle, like Danielle with a J, Kastner, uh, everywhere. 
um, please send me your pining songs. Um, and right now I am working on a podcast about evangelicalism um, in American culture mm-hmm. that is uh, right now about hell, um, but also secretly about my mommy. So it might end up being a follow-up to Untitled Dad Project, which is Untitled Mom Project, which is really just um, figuring out uh, what it means to kind of want to believe huh. um, as a person in America. You can find that one day, or you can talk to me um, if you want to about wow. your very specific experiences of evangelicalism in American culture, uh, and let me interview you about that. thing that I've loved, I, I can't think of a single thing I've ever uh, watched or read, and I know this was coming. I forgot it was coming. And you can't say the last thing I watched that I loved was like my sweet hubby making dinner over the stuff. Like that's not uh, No, eligible. I would never. Because we can't all never. watch that. That's to be something we all also, have access to. As established, she's just some guy to you yeah. all. <laughs> to me, he's a miracle. <laughs> um, uh, I, I've been sick, so I just fever-dreamed watched like all of Bridgerton. Just like the most classless stuff you can think of. Oh, everyone should read Bel Canto by Ann Patchett. Okay. It is about the transformative power of art um, in all circumstances. Beautiful. Uh, it is a gorgeous book. And it was her debut novel, and I can't imagine debuting with, like, that level of brilliance coming out of you. But everyone should read it. It's a gorgeous book. Great. I'd like to plug FM Static. Yeah. Well, I think you have the last hour and a half, my friend. (laughs) You're welcome. You can lift me up at Kevin T. Porter everywhere. I'll lift up... You know, on the subject that I was talking about before, Miss Amos, I'll plug a a podcast called Drive All Night, the songs of Tori Amos. They go song by song. They'll do three hours on one song by this person. It's a pretty phenomenal format. I was really impressed by this show. The editing on it, the research is great, the hosts are terrific and they're really providing a a capsule historical document and i think more podcasts should follow suit except for this one not this one uh we Mm -hmm. should not have any more research than we do you can lift us up at christian fun pod everywhere patreon.com slash good christian fun for more good christian fun and leave us a review at apple Podcasts. every review you leave we donate a dollar to charity sean yell thank you for supporting me during this Thanks, trying Kevin. time of flying solo, <laughs> you were the best partner I could have had. I, except for Caroline, you were the best partner I could ever have for this. Thank you. I appreciate you. And there's nothing left to say except for, okay, I love you, Emma. Amen. Now watch this drive. Ooh, it feels lonely to do it by myself. I, I hope Caroline is resurrected next week. Janielle, what song by FM Static shall we go out on? Oh, definitely, maybe. Okay. And once more, here's that Ryan Reynolds movie soundtrack, <laughs> Definitely Maybe. Ugh. Two minutes and 50 seconds of pure Christian sanitized punk pop bliss. And we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Bye. She liked black caddies, listened to Puff Daddy, danced until her legs were sore. She worked around the corner. That was a HeadGum Podcast.